The views and opinions expressed by the participants of this show are those of the individuals who express them and are not necessarily associated with the guests or sponsors of the show. Listener discretion is recommended. You're listening to Evangelion and Good Friends, a production of Avamonkey, covering the many facets of Evangelion and its surrounding fandom. In this episode, we're having a spoiler-free discussion about Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, which has just been released to theaters in Japan. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this uh, special episode of Ava Monkey. Um, so the new Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 movie just came out in Japan, and I thought it would be a good opportunity to get together with uh, some friends that I have over in Japan and uh, talk about the movie and um, you know do it in as as, as spoiler free as uh, as possible. Um, the goal is to be 100% spoiler free, so don't feel like you need to run up just yet. Um, if we do get into um, any spoiler questions, it's going to be like very like kind of yes or no type things like uh, was Mari's backstory revealed? Yes or no? We'll we'll do that at the very end with a with a with a firm spoiler warning, but uh, we'll be doing this as much as spoiler free as possible. So um, today I am joined by one of my good friends that I've known for the longest time. I did my first podcast about uh, these rebuild thumbs with him all the way back in 2006. Uh, well, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Uh, hello, uh, Internet Land. Uh, my name is Wa. I've been a uh, person on the Internet for, um, God, as long as I can remember. Um, less, uh, I'm less of a fire starter now, but I'm still there online. I'm sure we can shameless plug at the end of the show. But yeah, nice to meet you all. And uh, someone who I've been meaning to get around to uh, chatting with for, for a good while now. Uh, I am joined by uh, Chester uh, from Auto Cinema. Go ahead and... Uh, Introduce yourself and tell us a little about about what you do with uh, with Ono Cinema. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Chester. Uh, I run Ono Cinema, which is um, my tagline is reverse engineering filmmaking by dissecting Hideaki Ono's works. Um, so that includes Evangelion, that includes Shin Godzilla, Karkano, um, pretty much anything he's directed. Um, mostly started with Instagram, so you'll find some film analysis stuff there, more cinematic stuff than narrative stuff or lore stuff. Um, but I also run a Twitter account for more casual stuff and YouTube, which has some subtitled interviews of Hideaki Anno. So uh, that's pretty much my activities online. Yeah, and it, it, it's, it should go without saying that both of you guys are, 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 are big Evangelion fans. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, if, if, if we're going to dive down this rabbit hole, obviously the pandemic uh, made me review a bunch of stuff that I haven't seen in a while. And I watched Ava... The TV series for the first time in like God, ten years or something last year, and I bought the Blu-ray <laughs> box set in Japan. So yeah, I'm still deep into it. Yeah, and uh, and the reason we're talking to the two of you guys is uh, you both uh, are in Japan right now. Uh, while you've uh, you've lived there for it's like better part years. Of, yeah, I was about to say it's been the, the better part of the last ten years. And uh, and Chester, you were telling me that. Um, uh, it just turned out that you uh, you you uh, found yourself over in Japan uh, before really like the global health crisis really uh, violently erupted and uh, and you're still there at, at at the moment. Yeah, it's almost a year at this point. Good timing, man. Yeah, it, it again. I said I said this before in the pre-interview, but like it 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 sounds like uh, things have have worked out fairly well for you because you know you it's it's not really a secret that you're you're from New York and things were pretty bad there for a bit. Yeah. Um, it's hard to get a picture and it's hard to talk to friends and ask them to give you like 
uh, a clear picture just because you don't want to get him down or anything. I can't really comment. I haven't been on been on the ground there. So today we are going to be talking about 3.0 plus 1.0 in, in generality. But um, the both of you, you know, went and saw it about like seven in the morning, you know, Japan time, um, and then uh, and then you guys found yourself at uh, at work and at uh, at school. So uh, how was uh, how was your productivity today? Uh, morning, I got nothing done, uh, but uh, my work involves me speaking with people who uh, live in Europe. So when the clock is ticking until five p.m., that's when I start really working in. Uh, getting things out and i sort of forgot about the magic of evangelion for a minute but now it's all coming back right um i'm sort of like a night owl i sleep like really late usually i sleep at like four or five in the morning and so to have to i knew i had to wake up early to go to watch the seven o'clock screening um when it came out today so for the week leading up to monday or today I've been slowly pushing back my bedtime so that I can baby step my way to wake up at five in the morning to go to the theater. Um, and it was going well until the last day and I couldn't sleep because I was not so much. I was excited to like really pumped to watch the film or really hyped to watch the film, but more so because like I was just stressed about, I have to wake up at five. I have to wake up at five. And I just went in with a little bit, um, underslept, not that it really affected my energy levels for it, but more so it affected my energy levels after the film. Um, yeah, one sort of was dozing off a little bit more in class than one would have wanted to. I dreamt about Evangelion before I watched the movie. <laughs> if I had uh, you know tickets to go, I, I would not have slept that night. I probably would have like basically maybe like past the point of exhaustion and like slept for like an hour and then woken back up, but. I, I'm sure I would not have slept at all. Yeah, I slept an hour. Similar, similar, oh, similar thing here. Slept like for like maybe four hours, a little bit better than Chester, but yeah. <laughs> I was watching like I was replaying Q in the background, trying to fall asleep to Q, but it did not work out. So one of the things I want to talk about the with you guys is just generally like the um, the experience, both in terms of like, you know, given what's been going on, as well as just the experience itself. So um, how were like the various like, because you're both in Tokyo, where like the state of emergency has, you know, been extended. So the restrictions are still are still there, which is why like you guys need to see it first thing in the morning is because there's there would have been no like evening uh, screenings that you would have been able, been able to go to. So how um, how are the various uh, safety measures in the theater? Um, how many people were allowed in there with you? Um, so it was a full house. It was completely packed. <laughs> so it was like somebody like literally sitting in the immediate seat to your left and to your right. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. A, a girl with her uh, with one of those uh, cloth masks that don't actually have a filter in it, and, her, and she had her nose out. So um, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Which theater were you at, Wa? I was at, uh, I went to Shinjuku, uh, the Godzilla theater, with the Godzilla on top of it. Okay, I went to Wald 9. You know, my, so you saw the same show as my friend. My, uh, yeah, he went there too. Yeah, so we were in the same place at the same time, as I'm sure, like, many other, like, gaijin nerds were. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So how was it at the Wald 9 theater, uh, Chester? Pretty much the same. I don't think there really were, honestly, like, I don't know if... Yeah, whether this is good to say or like you know 
but like there really was not a lot of safety precautions. There was a guy right to the right next to me, both on le- my left and right. So did uh, that um, did that enhance or detract from the experience in any way? Like, was there any anxiety as a result of that? I mean, I was surprised um, going in. I thought it was going to be separate because when I watched Tenet in Japan, it was you know spaced out. So I was surprised when they when the tickets were on sale. And it was revealed that they were not spacing out at all. Wow. I think it's important at this point to sort of talk about Japan's approach to um, coronavirus. Cause, um, so basically, um, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. It's, this is entirely relevant to what we're talking about because it's been delayed because of it you know, for how many months? Exactly. Well, it was supposed to come out in June of last year, right? So yeah. like, it's almost been delayed by a year. Yeah, so, and so, I would have so, been there. Exactly. So basically, so it was supposed to come out in June of 2020, and then it got pushed to um, January of 2021, but then uh, old Suga instated another state of emergency, and then it got pushed to now, but it got extended anyway. So basically, um, first state of emergency in Japan was like, it was really, so just to recap, or to for those just tuning in, um, Japan doesn't have legal authority to like lock down. Um, and there's history behind this, but basically they can't lock things down. So um, they can just kindly ask people to stay home and kindly ask businesses to not operate. Um, But since this was a crazy, scary virus, the first state of emergency back in April, May of 2020, everyone stayed home and like no one went out and we were all scared of being killed by this virus, as you should be. Um, But, you know, when we saw what was going around going on around the world like especially in the west or like oh japan actually isn't that bad so unfortunately people have stopped taking it as seriously and uh, same with the government but there's also cultural reasons for that um but basically this current state of emergency it's less about like uh restricting like capacity but it's more about like asking restaurants to close at eight so people don't yell at each other drunk in general japanese people are are very quiet so in the movie theater even if it's packed no one's talking so it's not like no no one's laughing no one's making any reactions at all so it's not like i'm afraid of people like spitting on me or anything so in that sense um and also the spread of the virus just isn't as bad as it is in the west either so in that sense i personally did not feel that much anxiety right i didn't feel much anxiety either okay so uh, overall, how how was the experience? Uh, what was you know the reaction like from the audience and like just generally like you you went and saw this final film like in theaters you know finally. Um. So let me just say that people clapped after the credits rolled. That was Same. that's kind of how yeah exactly yeah <laughs> that's what so basically I've I've watched every Ava movie, the new ones uh, in theaters in Japan. Except for the uh, except for the uh, first one, um, everyone clapped after the second one. Everyone walked out puzzled after the third one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just to prove how well I may be getting ahead of myself, but how well this movie kind of tied up all that stuff that happened in that third one, and how satisfying i mean it's messy they stuck the landing but i think they kind of you know stumbled a little bit but it made you feel good and in that sense i think it was a satisfying experience did uh and and how was it for you chester 
Uh, let's see. I went in, we sat down, we watched the previews. I was a little bit worried about the previews, uh, whether we would arrive late and um, whether the film would start at 7.20 sharp, but there were previews. And then the curtains rolled out to be widescreen, and I was like, I was actually excited about that, maybe which is maybe like a cinema, cinema nerd kind of a thing. Um, but to watch like a widescreen anime movie, um, especially an Ono one, with those extreme compositions, like it was, um, it was really beautiful and intense in that way. Like just cinematically, it was uh, really enrapturing. And yeah, just the idea of watching the final Ava film in Japan on the opening day, everyone coming out despite the circumstances. That was like the most people I've ever seen in a theater that early in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, it was packed. It was full house. You couldn't get another ticket. You can get a front row ticket where you have to look up with your neck jaunted if you wanted to. It was it was a madhouse for sure. <laughs> I, I've been to other Japanese screenings, even Shin Godzilla. I don't think I've ever seen anybody clap at the end of the film. Um, least and definitely not anyone trying to get. Uh, actually, there was a guy that stood up and wanted to initiate like a standing ovation. Um, but not, not, you know, I've never seen anyone clap for that matter. That was a first for me. Yeah, I think the clapping thing is kind of like an otaku thing, and I've only ever seen that with, like, anime movies. Oh, okay. And, like, it ha again, it happened in, like, the second Ava movie. I watched, like, the second Gurren Lagann movie, like, Once Upon a Time when that came out, and people clapped at the end of that, too. But it's, like, a really, it's kind of like an otaku thing. Gotcha. Did uh, did you guys get uh, either buy or receive any like interesting like you know swag with uh, with the film like like pamphlets or promotional pro you know promo materials? God, I wanted to like the 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 goods line was so people are lining up like crazy for goods that I had to go to work, man. Like, like I actually had to go to the office today. Were people, were people so. like getting that um, Ava Unit One arm cup holder thing and and hanging out with it in the theater? So I, I didn't see that, but I saw someone with an Ava Unit 1, like, mask, like a plastic mask, like, on top of his, like, cloth mask. It like, <laughs> looked like Ava Unit 1. I'm not sure if that's official merchandise or if he made it or whatever. I'm sure you're you're the master of that, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's the same one, but I have seen people um, with similar type things like that on, um, like, Etsy and such. Okay, so um, anyway, there was a guy with an Ava mask in the bathroom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I got like an Oscar, like, uh, there was like a little book, like a little, like, not a book, just like a, a thing you open up. Like, it was just like one page, but it just, it just don't open before you see the movie. And they had like a sexy picture of Oscar in her white plug suit. And then like, I got to work and I opened it up and it's just like a list of all the mech that appeared in the movie. And I was like, okay, this is like a spoiler, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, the rather be safe than sorry. Did you pick any? Did you get anything uh, along with the film? I got the Oscar thing that well, I was talking about, and I also got the pamphlet for fifteen bucks um, that I still I still haven't opened yet. Actually, uh, maybe I'll open it now. Gonna open it yeah, and see what I'm gonna pick up the pamphlet on my next viewing of the movie because one is not enough. <laughs> I guess that'll that, that's the question I had later no. on, but uh, uh, <laughs> well, I was, I was gonna save it for the for the end, but. You're going to go back and see it in theaters again, right? Yeah, um, I'm, I, I live with someone else at the moment, and uh, they want to see it as well. So, um, yeah, we're probably going to watch it together. And uh, and what about you, Chester? Do, do you feel like uh, you're going to want to go see it back in theaters again? 
Yeah, for sure. I want to see it in a more centered seat this time, and probably <laughs> I'll go for the IMAX experience. Gotcha. Just for the hell of it. Like, oh, like number one, I just I don't want to watch it on a on a freaking Monday morning, like at seven a.m. <laughs> and like, and again, like Chester said, in a seat in the middle. Um, but the screen is pretty big, so it didn't really matter which seat I sat at. But it's like I I kind of want to see it in a better mental state because you know Japanese is not my first language, obviously. And while I'm pretty, while I rap in the Nihongo pretty good, um, it's not working that great. At seven in the morning, especially when it's like a movie like Ava, or they're like a, a lot of terminology, Eng- and it's like English too. So it's like English and Japanese, and it's like uh, okay. <laughs> um, one of the questions I have is uh, what what single word described your feelings best when the movie finished? Oh my god, um, n- n- it's not oh my god. Um, well done, Anno. You did it. That's what I thought. A single word. You want a single word? Um, yeah, that's right. or <laughs> A single word is tough. Uh, uh, complete. It feels like Ava. It feels like Ava is complete. No, that's a good one. I, I like that one a lot. Um, I think that's very poignant, actually. I remember I had a grin on my face or like a smile on my face while reading the credits. So oh my god! Yeah. I don't know if I maybe that paints a better picture than a word that I could come up with, but a word. But a good yeah. feeling of like fulfillment and, satisf- fulfillment and satisfaction. There you go. And and closure, perhaps. For sure. Like if you want to kind of jump into it, um, it it definitely addresses. Like, okay, like my mind can't keep up with a lot of the uh, lines because again, I just woke up and like they use some big Japanese words and some mixed English in there. But emotionally. It ties up a lot of interesting things. Yeah. I'm just smiling saying, yeah, because I can't spoil anything. Exactly, right, anything right, specific. right. Yeah, exactly. I just right. like, yes, you are right, sir. Well, that's fine. Uh, some, you know, some of these questions that we have here are, are very general. Um, but uh, similarly, what, um, what were some of the emotions that you were uh, feeling after the ending? Is it a, is it a bittersweet ending? It's complete. Is this going to be a spoiler? I don't know. No, it's, no, no. I hope not. It's it's super uplifting, actually. <laughs> like that's a little bit. Uh, well, depends. Anyway, I, th- I think it, I think it may seem like a spoiler if you expect Ava to be depressing. <laughs> yeah, I would say beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, that, that, that that's a good use. way of saying it. I guess. One of the other questions I have that I don't fully un- I, f- I don't recall the context for this, but uh, did they shove you out of the theater like in EOE? Did they shove them out of the theater after they shot that? After they shot that piece I, of footage? <laughs> I don't know. I like somebody. Somebody responded to this question saying, "Oh, that's a good one." And I'm like, I don't understand the context so of this. Like, maybe, maybe. Because <laughs> in EOE, there's that shot where they shoot the people in the theater, right? Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, but I, so they they didn't have any. They didn't record you guys and then have you get up and leave the theater and then come back in, right? I don't know, man. <laughs> Um, one of the things people were asking about and being concerned about was, and and this is this is you know just 
no no fault to any of these people, but just kind of a general lack of knowledge to like the differences in like the rating systems between like Japan and the West. But um, the film you know received a G rating from from Arin, the film <laughs> classification board in Japan, uh, which means that it is an all ages you know film. But um, the standards are a little bit different, you know. So like uh, a G in Japan is more like a like a PG over here in the West. And like the content that is considered, you know, equivalent to that type of movie is also different in Japan. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, and people are not mistaken, uh, all three of the prior films were also had the same classification. Um, so somebody asked, like, if the if the movie was still good with that rating. Um, but uh, I guess the better question is, is like the content in the film, you know, consistent with uh, the prior three films? To be honest, like, first of all, ratings in Japan don't mean anything. They don't really care about, con- like, if if there's, like, if there's a real live, like, live action naked person, then, like, it has a rating for adults. But if it's a cartoon, it's G. <laughs> and Ava's a cartoon. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely, it's, I mean, I think it's probably on the level of Q as far as, um, all sorts of content stuff is concerned. So it's a little bit more adult than the first two. Oh yeah. First three. There you go. First three. <laughs> I think it had a little bit more fan service. Well, then than Q at least. Two did have a little bit of fan service, but I think this one actually had more fan service. Um, but not in any sort of over overt way. I'm not sure if it's fan service so much as that's how Asuka lives, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Careful, careful, well, careful. All, you're, yeah, you're... careful, careful there. Careful there, buddy. <laughs> but also, I was I was more so um, referring to the compositions that um, have in the foreground g- girls' butts. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that happens a lot. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that in the original series as well. But yeah, one of the specific questions I have is uh, is is how bad would you say it is from your perspective? How bad the fan service is? Yeah. Oh, I had no problem with it. Um, it wasn't distracting. I mean, I think the fan service in the original Ava series was kind of meant to be cheesecakey and kind of like wink wink nudge nudge, whereas in this movie it definitely feels a bit more natural. I should say. So uh, one one big topic for us is uh, um, tell tell us a little bit about um, like how did you feel about the rebuild films as a whole prior to this film. You know, because there's there's been some pretty strong opinions about the rebuild films, um, uh, particularly like in the wake of 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 two and especially in terms of three point um, But how how did you feel about the films prior to this one? And now that you've you know you've seen it, you've you've experienced the like you know entire franchise, this entire tetralogy. Um, have your feelings on the films changed at all? Uh, this film definitely. So, uh, just to to recap my feelings on all the movies, I didn't really like the first one too much because it was just kind of a rehash. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I loved the second one. Um, it kind of hit at the right time in my life when I was studying abroad in Japan, and like, I was really into it. I'm still into it. I, it's kind of cheesy, but you know, I still like it. Um, I kind of really did not like the third one. <laughs> But, uh, so basically, yeah, my, my expectations for this is like, they better make up for that third one or else this is just going to suck, <laughs> which is what I thought going in. 
And now that you've seen this uh, this last film, has your opinion or feelings about the, the series as a whole changed? It's good that they did what they did in Q, because a complete rehash of the series would have been less interesting. Okay. Nice. Did, did it in, did it enhance your your feelings about the prior films, or are you still kind of uh, digesting that? Digesting, man. Digesting. <laughs> no, that's fair. Like it's, I, I'm I'm sure that like a lot of us when we finally see these this film is we're gonna like, like have, we're gonna have to sit back and be like, hmm, how how do I feel now? <laughs> but uh, Chester, how uh, again? How um, how did you feel about the films be before this? And and you know has that have those feelings changed at all? Yeah, I think my experience is a lot similar to Was. The first film is the one I rewatched the least just because it's a rehash of the original series, so I end up just watching the original series. Um, two has historically been my favorite one just because it's sort of a fun time. And um, yeah, it's the rebuild that I would have... I think I've watched it probably the most. It's like it's a fun time. It's relaxed. There's Carcano music going on. There's Asuka. There's action. It's upbeat. It's fun. Q, you know, um, I think I appreciated Q more than most of the fandom. I liked the audacity of it um, and the premise that it's a 14-year time jump and Shinji is thrown into this mystery of what happened. Um, I appreciate it for that aspect. Almost more from a, as a director or filmmaker perspective. Um, I also enjoyed really the cinematics of Q. Um, the shot flows were insane. The the compositions were insane. So I think it was directed really well. And so I got a lot I got a lot out of Q that maybe a lot of um, people that were more into Ava for the story of it um, didn't get so much out of it. And then finally with 3, 3.0 plus 1.0 3.0 plus 1.0 is my favorite out of the t- tetralogy now. Mmm. And um, I think before, out of before, um, with the rebuilds, I think I didn't really care about the rebuilds too much. Like, I had NGE, and I really enjoyed NGE more. Um, but now with the Tetralogy, or with the 3.0 plus, plus 1.0, I think when it comes out on Blu-ray, I'll be watching 3.0 plus 1.0 the most out of the four films. And I will now... I don't know if I would, as a result of 3.0 plus 1.0, rewatch 1, 2, and 3. Um, yeah, 1.0, 2.0, 2.0, more. But I don't know. I think it, it sort of redeemed it in a way. I don't want to use that word because it seems like the other films are bad or anything. But it definitely made it more interesting. You're completely right. No, you're completely right. Like, if they didn't make this movie, I would have been like, all right, rebuilds suck. We don't need this anymore. <laughs> Like, like I literally, like, I was pinning a lot on this movie, and, like, you know, like I said, it mostly stuck the landing. I'm like, you know what? Good on you, Anna. You did it. Omedito. (laughs) So, not not necessarily, like, the the story or the setting or the structure of it, but um, the overall tone, um, was it more in line with uh, 2.0 or 3.0? God, that's, like... It's its own thing, man. It's its own thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between the two, if I was, you know, forced to say one or the other, I would say 3.0, but not in the way that you might be imagining. And I feel like that that also pushes people, gives the people the wrong impression. 
Yeah, it's literally its own it's thing. A... Like, um, it's, it's its own thing. It's kind of like a Ghibli movie at some point. <laughs> like, you know, like not quite a Ghibli movie, but it, it feels like you know Ghibli could have made part of it. And as an aside, Ghibli animated one episode of a TV series. But yeah, it um, it's its own thing. <laughs> that's that's the best answer. I guess the reason that uh, the question is asked is because um, a lot of the marketing seems to suggest that the film is a, is a much brighter, more hopeful, more upbeat, um, but it still is going to be uh, fairly consistent with uh, 3.0. And to, to understand like the tone of the film, you'd really have to see it. Yeah, that's yeah. completely accurate. This is kind of potentially a spoiler question, but like um, this is kind of already an answered um, because, like, we do know, um, like, what, uh, was there any footage in the trailers that was deliberately doctored? You know, we do have that one shot of Mari in her plug suit that was recolored to kind of throw us off. But, um, you know, having seen, you know, the trailer and promotional images and, and you know, seen, seen the film now, um, is there other footage in those trailers or is there a significant portion of the trailers that have footage that's been deliberately doctored or obfuscated to to throw people off or or subvert expectations to be honest i i'm not that on top of it so i don't know but what i can say about the trailers is that it definitely snips out very specific parts of the movie that doesn't give you the whole picture i've been on media blackout to avoid spoilers (laughs) so i actually have never seen the trailers even up until this point so i I envy you (laughs) I mean, I've been watching it's the fun. trailers like crazy because, like, I'm just, I'm like, oh my god, oh no, you better, you better deliver. But um, it's I don't, I wasn't aware of that thing you mentioned, Aaron. But um, it definitely feels like they are in those trailers. They're snipping out the parts that are consistent with the third movie, and they're not showing on purpose the unique parts of this film. Are there any aspects of the movie that are uh, improvements over the previous three? and um or does it feel like uh there's been a step back is it okay to open a can of worms here because like um i kind of want to probably probably not but not not not, guess... not not spoilerish but as far as like ava as a franchise like i just want to say that you know ava is like this especially if you live in japan like ava is like a huge thing like when I first came to Japan in 2009 as a student, like, I saw, like, Ava stuff all over the place. And, like, Ava is just, like, a constant thing, like, just all the time. It just exists wherever you go. Yeah, I want to say that you told me years, years back, I think on another podcast we might have done, how, like, as soon as you get off the plane, it's like Ava is just everywhere. That was that was true. That was true. That was true. Like... <laughs> Like a cultural mascot of Japan, which is interesting because, like in the West, like outside of like the anime manga subculture, like people don't like people know what Dragon Ball and Pokemon and Sailor Moon are to some extent, but they don't know what Eva is, even though it is also like a cultural like cornerstone of of the fandom over there. Like Eva, like not even just fandom, but just amongst like normal folks. Like if you grew up when Eva aired, like Eva's like part of your youth. Like, you know, it's like, because it aired at like 7 p.m. on TV Tokyo, you know, which is like, you know, I mean, TV Tokyo is a local station. But anyway, what I'm trying to get at is that the, it's, the thing is, there's very little new you can do with Ava, because like, 
those the original series in uh, the end of Evangelion film just you know it blew your mind obviously I'm pretty sure it blew all of our minds and like so there's and I think we've seen that challenge in these films because like there's not much new you can do because like so the first movie is completely rehashed the second movie is like kind of like bumps it up like it kind of it's like a a powered up version of the TV series and like Q is just like kind of like like to Chester's point like it's really incredibly directed but it borrows a lot of the visual motifs from the end of Evangelion like you see kind of what happens after the end of Evangelion in that movie right as far as like the way it looks and like there's so what I'm trying to say is that it's like really self-referential this movie but you can kind of do that because it's like freaking superman or like batman or something you know it's so ingrained in the cultural zeitgeist over here that like ava has the clout to just reference itself and uh yeah there's a lot of that uh chester anything to no, what was the, where's the original question what was the original <laughs> yeah, exactly question? i forgot uh... the question <laughs> Uh, anything you want to add to that or um, I guess to the, the point of the original question, um, are there any aspects of the movie that you think are improvements over the prior three? Oh, I think it's so much more rich this final film That's true. than the other films. Yeah. I think improvements over the other films. Um, I remember the I was reading about some translation of an Ava behind the scenes book and it was talking about how Anno's intention was to show how Ava had new possibilities and that's why they went introduced this threw a wrench into the system called Mari to try to mess things up and force the franchise to go into a new direction because he realized that the first movie really was just became a rehash of the NGE series and so for 2.0 in order to push it into a new direction you put in Mari and it, it, I was reading the book, and it, it seemed that through the book there was a level of frustration that even though Mari was in it, it didn't really push it in any new direction. And then with Q, they were really like, well, let's just go all out on this, push it into a new direction. Um, but even with Q, it kind of felt like... And I, I'm re- sort of reluctant to say... I, I wonder if I should say more because it gets into spoiler land. But um, sort of four takes it to another level, in a good way, not in the way of you didn't like Cube, we're gonna you're gonna hate this even more. But um, I think it takes it to the next level. It's much more rich. I think that's the probably the. Yeah, no, you're completely right. You're completely right. And I guess I was to complete my thought because I forgot the question. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> um, but um, it definitely like it's very self-referential, referential, but at the same time, it does especially build on Q and um yeah it just um it kind of it does something you've never seen Ava do emotionally and I'm not sure if that's a spoiler so but um and then in that sense I do agree that it's very rich and that I feel that whatever Anno had going on I think he's ready to make shit. Well, it's already made, but I think he's ready to complete work on Shin Ultraman now and stop thinking about Ava. Everyone needs to watch this movie. And I think there's a huge um, 
temptation for those in America or abroad where the release um, is a little bit stuttered or, you know, stag, whatever the word is, stagnated, uh, to go online and read spoilers. But I really feel bad for you because it's like I went into this pure and I had the most awesome cinematic experience you know Anna's final Ava film no spoilers no trailers I mean if you watch trailers you know that's one thing but like don't go online and spoil yourself I feel because then you're not having that true experience oh. and you have to wait you know a year you know that if that's tough but I I think it's worth it you know so I would say this film was really great and um if you can do it I would say you know try to hold yourself off as much as possible with spoilers and don't actively look for spoilers because you're you're sort of depriving yourself of a of an evangelian experience here yeah it's it's a it's a real shame and it's it's already happening um it it looks like uh it looks like they were able to data mine the japanese script for the film from the uh, accessibility glasses that will put the uh, subtitles on the glasses for those that are hard of hearing mm. and i've also heard something about um a full audio rip of the film apparently might also be out there somewhere. And um, I haven't really dug into the internet this morning just yet. Um, you know, just jumping into this, but uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm fully expecting with, you know, the proliferation and the ubiquity of smartphones these days. And, and with you guys describing a, you know, full, uh, full packed house of people that you can't really necessarily police. I'm fully expecting uh, you know, a a cam rip to to surface at some point in the very near future, and then you know, like it would not surprise me terribly if by the end of this week we have a decent cam rip with a decent fan sub already. But I really wish because when 3.0 came out, um, I think I kind of like dipped out of the fan- fandom a little bit. And I watched like one or two of the trailers and then I watched the, the opening space operation. Um, but I, I managed to avoid all spoilers for 3.0 um, all the way up to like the Japanese home video release and the fan subs. Um, I did not know there was going to be a time skip with 3.0 until I saw it from the fan subs. And 2.0, I had maybe one or two things spoiled, like um, unit ones, like God mode, I think I had spoiled. Um, But like, I was pretty successful at avoiding spoilers for the films previously, but I'm so deep in the fandom now that I'm like, well, God, it's going to get ruined. It's just, it's just going to (laughs) happen. I wish I could have your experience, Chester, which is why like, I, I wish that we lived in a brighter timeline where I could have been in Japan last June. So yeah, I, I, completely agree with Chester's approach to the film but I think for how much story stuff may get spoiled I just think to be honest I think the story is complete I don't think it's complete garbage but I I think it's like whatever but um I just think the emotional power of it will just overcome like no matter how much is spoiled for you like that um, the emotional part of it is just so satisfying the the execution of it that like no the execution too but just like the literal like emotional stuff that happens (laughs) let's let's move into my next category here of just sort of like technical audio video kind of stuff 
I think this question has already been answered by the trailers, but um, I guess we can talk about like the proportion of it and just generally like the quality of it. But um, uh, the question I have is, is the animation of the Ava's pure CGI or is there also 2D animation? And I think it's pretty evident from the trailers that it's, it's mostly CGI, but there is definitely some 2D. So, you know, having seen the film, you know, um, one uh, is how, how's the split between between those t- two types of animation and, um, you know, is the quality of it. Um, there were some quality concerns of, you know, the animation from some of the, the fighting uh, between uh, there's there's a clip in the trailer of U- unit one and unit 13 fighting that looks like people describe it as like bad motion capture or like uh, like temp or unfinished. Um, how is the proportion of the CGI to 2D and just generally how does it how what does it work? So for that specific scene you're mentioning, there's a specific reason it looks like that. And like when you watch the movie, you'll know because it, it's supposed to look like that. Again, if you've watched any mecha anime in the past like 20 years or like I guess 10 years, like so before this movie, I'm not sure about you, Chester, but like before this movie, there was a, a preview for Hathaway's Flash, which is the new Gundam movie trilogy. And um, that also has a lot of, like, CG robots and stuff. Um, So that's kind of just the way you do robots now, because the truth is that very few people in Japan can animate robots anymore, because it's just a pain. Um, But in that sense, to be honest, um, it seemed like I I was completely... The thing is, like, I don't like the action in general as of Q, because, like, it's all these, like, scenes about people yelling at each other and connecting, like, cables to fire a gun. And it's like, okay, whatever. But um, when you do see the Avas, like, uh, like conking into each other and punching things and, like, you know, it does look cool. But, like, if to go into a tangent, the, uh, the Ava stuff I like is the stuff from the series where they're kind of ripping into each other and, like, eating each other and, like, punching each other. But, like, as of... Q and maybe the second one it came it became about like normal mecha action and shooting things and a lot of that stuff I'm just not a fan of so I can't even comment on the quality of the CG because I'm just like I just tune out but um like the real gritty nitty gritty Ava action I still think looked really good yeah um I'm not big of an action guy but I I agree with what was said actually that sort of when Wa said it, I was like, oh, that's true. I never thought about it that way, but I guess that's about right. Like, how the interesting aspects were the more um, organic components to the Ava fights, like the eating of angels and that kind of a thing that made it more unique to the series than just your average mecha fight. Um, but to answer the question about the blend of CGI and hand-drawn animation, there were, there were both um, CGI and animation. Um... But the CGI of Kara has always been so great. I never, I've never been distracted by it. Um, I think it blends so well, and they do a really good job as opposed to some other, um, I guess, cheaper productions like TV anime productions that have a lower budget that are more distractingly uh, low quality. Uh, they do have, they do have a lot of scenes that were impressive, and I, that I enjoyed, even though they were in CG. But to compare to to compare to Q, like to be honest, I have lots of I'm. I'm unhappy about Q on a visual level also, as far as the CG. But um, I think, compared to that, I think they really knocked it out of the park, to be completely honest. Overall, how do you guys feel about the um, the quality of the animation in this film? Is it uh, is it consistent with, like, 3.0, or is, uh, is it a step up? 
It's number one, top of the top, dude. Good. I should hope so. They spent a, they spent a good while on it. There are a lot of money shots in this film. Like there are a lot of shots that like obviously it took a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of hard work to pull off. Yeah. Um, a lot of those kinds of shots. The water, the water looked good. That was good. I don't, I don't, I don't even mean that sarcastically. The water looked really good. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it's worth mentioning that like this this is also a significantly longer film than all three of the prior films, especially three which was f- relatively short compared to the other two um and that that definitely comes with a price tag so doing like this big of a film of this length with this level of quality was certainly a, a costly endeavor and when the credits were so long they had to use two songs to fill that's, it up you're, you're right you're right i forgot about so that, that that's the other thing too is sometimes these sometimes these films are are so long um, you know, like you might go see Avengers Endgame and it's two hours, 30 minutes, but like there's 15 minutes of credits. So, um, you wouldn't say that, uh, a significant portion of the film's runtime, uh, was eaten up by the credits. The credits weren't uh, like probably a five minutes of credits. Oh, like 10 minutes, maybe. I don't know. It was early in the morning and I, w- I was thinking about going to work. <laughs> so, yeah. I guess thus far with, um, one, one, two and three. The credits have always been filled with one Utada Hikaru song, and this time they, it took two to fill that entire thing out. Also, I guess this time maybe I paid more attention to the credits just because I was sort of enamored by the film, and I wanted to know, I wanted to see who worked on it, and you know, sort of just the mm, the general layout of people that were involved in it, like what kind of people were involved in it, yeah. right? Like how how big was the CG department, how big was the two D department, that kind of a thing. So, yeah, um, I was. I was like appreciative of the film and I was actually involved in watching the credits. Um, yeah, so. same here. Like I was like watching like crazy. They had like a bunch of studios on it, like as most anime movies, but like they had some big time animators on this. So, you know, yeah, I was just like, yeah, I was watching as, as, as keenly and as deeply as Chester was, I think. So something that I mentioned before was the, um, the data mining that, that happened with the, the translation, the subtitles. Um, I think I saw from those that, uh, the two songs that were the credits were, uh, it was going to be One Last Kiss and was it Beautiful World they played again? Yeah. Yeah. Are you noticing the credits? They pulled in Hiroyuki Imaishi, who is, isn't he like a bigger time? Yeah, he directed Gurren Lagann. Yeah, he's a god. But he came in as a key animator. So, like, they pulled in some big guns for the well, staff. Well, you know about him, like, he got his start on Ava. Like, if you watch, like, because I watched the series again last year, I was just watching the credits of random episodes. Like, oh, yeah, he storyboarded this episode. Wow, look at this guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I got the uh, the impression with uh, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and, and everybody that was involved with the film that um, for even for them in Japan, like, production staff members, like, this, this has been, like, a like a culmination uh and you know of of their career and their and their experience and their relationship with this property so it does not surprise me at all that like someone like Hiroyuki Imaishi would just kind of like pop in to to work on the film even if it's just like a little bit just you know to storyboard a sequence or something like that um you know it's it's played a special role in the careers of quite a few people over there and uh I'm sure like people who you know me may not be part of Kara are like yeah, I want to do a little bit about it. And and given the the scale of the film and the length of the film, like 
there's a whole bunch of companies I'm sure that had to do animation support to to complete it and 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 get it to the quality that they wanted it to be. Didn't he might he get his like not his start, but wasn't he like pretty deeply involved with Ava? Like I, I remember like him just being in the credits for a lot of the later episodes. Maybe you can back me up on this, Chester. Um, I'm looking on his Wikipedia article. It says he was a key animator on NGE. Probably the Ma- the Mal article is more comprehensive though yeah i just remember seeing his name and watching it like last year like oh yeah he did like he animated those just i think he stored i don't know i could be completely wrong but yeah i mean again like they did get big guns in on i saw sushio's name in the credits because his name stands out you know it's like because it's just in hiragana's deal um so yeah but yeah it definitely seems like where where i feel like they skimped on a lot of stuff in uh in q it feels like it was just like you know, the full orchestra, like, the band's back together, and, like, you know, they have all their instruments, and, you know, there's, like, five bass and, like, ten keyboards, and it's great. Speaking of orchestras, I, I, you're speaking metaphorically there, but uh, how was the uh, the soundtrack for the film? Even just, like, compared to, like, the prior installments in terms of, like, you know, overall quality and how you liked it? It gets really 70s at one point. <laughs> kind of like the original show yeah no it definitely it calls back to like really retro stuff for sure like it's like the thing is like musically it feels super otaku like just the stuff they call like not even like anime otaku but like kind of like music otaku like it definitely feels like it's Ano or whoever's on top of the music, whoever just like they're kind of like doing whatever the heck they want to do. Like it, it works. It doesn't feel weird or disjointed, but it's like there's like so you know in those in like two and three like there's like these like really weird choral stuff where it's like this is the final showdown, bop 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 bop, and it's like like this really bad English that they're like screaming, but like there's actually like well sung English songs at some point, and it's like oh they got like actual people who speak English to do this. Yeah, I saw from uh, Saigo Sashiro's uh, Twitter over the over the past like two years. He spent an awful lot of time over at uh, is it the Abbey Road Studio in in London? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I don't know which studio, but there was definitely like credits from like London like recording places yeah. and people mm-hmm. yeah it was all it, all the soundtrack and everything was all recorded over in in london and it certainly sounds like it i guess i guess it was living in paris so chester any thoughts about the uh the soundtrack honestly I did, it didn't really jump out at me um as was said there were some songs that were more retro than others but i was more engrossed by the story such that i wasn't able to um i wasn't distracted by the music did you notice any uh, callbacks to other other Gynex or Kara, you know, stuff like, you know, the you know, two point used stuff from uh, Kara Kano and three point used stuff from Shin Godzilla. Uh, did you did you notice any um, references to other Ano Gynex Kara works? Three didn't reference Shin Godzilla because Shin Godzilla wasn't out yet. Um, it re- referenced Nadia. I think. There we so go. Yeah, sorry, that that's what I meant. And uh, this one. Um, I think there was a Karikano song in there, but it I'm... uses the same song that they reused in two. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think that might be it. I don't think there were any more. Right? I'm pretty sure there are, but I'm not like a deep enough otaku to know that this is actually the song from like Godzilla versus Megalon, and like you know, I'm not I'm not that deep into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving right along, uh, let's let's go into some uh, some story slash writing slash like structure questions. 
Um, again, like if uh, if it's if it's too much of a spoiler to ask, just you know, go ahead and like say veto or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I had I had my one. My one dumb question that I just I have to ask: Do we get to see Gendo and Fuyutsuki on a mountaintop with a donkey? I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish so much. Like it, it, I wish. it goes without saying that that's that's clearly not going to be in the film. I wish but so like, much. I, I, and so many of the people have been like, I want to know the context of this of this scene, but it it definitely is not in the movie, right? No. <laughs> Sorry, that's my one dumb question for this for this podcast. But, uh, the one spoiler um, you'll is... allow. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this is probably like the one spoiler that we'll allow, just because like the the trailer implies it, and like I, I don't know, I, I don't think it's that big of a spoiler. But uh, does Shinji get in the robot? Yes, he definitely gets in the robot. <laughs> yes, of course. Given that the film is you know like two hours and thirty five minutes. Um, you know, that's, that's a fairly long animated film and animation can be, you know, kind of, uh, fatiguing to watch, you know, compared to live action. But, um, overall, how was, um, the film's structure and pacing and did it feel like a two and a half hour film or did it just kind of like fly by? Well, Aaron, I personally think animation is easier to watch than live action movies. Um, but, um, again, I'll kind of go back to this. The stuff that I hated in Q is like again, like these long sequences where they connect a bunch of stuff together and they yell at each other just to fire a gun. And there's a couple of scenes like that in here, and I think and that that's what took me out of the film. Those random scenes were like the, the battleships are like firing stuff and stuff like that. And it's like I felt to be honest, like I think the action scenes make it too long. Like if it was just, like, pure TV series Ava action, I'm like, yeah, cool, yeah, they're punching each other and stuff. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a fan of, like, the style of action they went with um, after Q, and I think that's because Kano was really getting getting into doing stuff like Shin Godzilla, which is good in Shin Godzilla. So you thought they felt a little bit uh, drawn out then? Yeah, I, I loved the stuff that was in action, for the most part. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, um, I can totally see what you're saying. And again, these are great points that I've never thought of until uh, while you pointed it out. Sort of back in NGE, you had this budget limitation, also screen time limitation. And so that forced the action scenes to be just at the very end of the film, like take uh, episode 12, um, the Falling Angel episode. I think that's episode 12. The, The Falling Angel part was really just what, like one or two minutes at the very end of the episode? And it was mostly character drama, um, the vast majority of the episode. And I, and personally, for me, I'm not a big action guy. Um, I almost like the human interaction and you know that sort of drama more. And uh, and it sort of put the production with a level of discipline to tell the story with the lower budget, with the lower resources, and not drag this fight out. Um, so that's an interesting point. Well, you're completely right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I can see what you're saying. Like the, the fights are a little bit drawn out and personally, you know, I'm just not into action. So I, I put that off as my personal bias uh, and my personal taste, but, um, yeah, it could, it could be turning off some people like us. The thing is I'm really into action and I'm really into character drama too. So like, I love the scenes in Eva Evangelion where Shinji's like on the train, like 
going to the last station on the line and like he's walking around the rain he's like in the movie theater watching like these two people make out and all that stuff but i also just like when the avas are ripping up each other and like killing the angels and stuff like that but you're right because in the tv series because like you know you have to make one a week right and you know this is like the 90s you know where like after the economic bust in japan you know like they don't have like the cash to like you know you know just make something crazy like they did Mm -hmm. you know back in the 80s so like you'd have all these scenes in Ava where it's just like these still shots of people just kind of looking at each other. But then at the end, you just have like this really amazing scene of just like, you know, Ava unit one, just like devouring an angel or like clawing itself out of that round thing, that round angel, you know? So and you're right. I definitely think that there's kind of some excess that has come out of these films, especially three, and then some ways four. I think in two they struck the la- the the right balance of like the action, but like when it just came like these again elaborate sequences of people trying to just fire a gun at each other, it's just like okay, whatever. Part because the Japanese oh. words are so big, and I'm just like oh, I didn't want to hear like oh nantoka nantoka kado nantoka oh setsuku sta oh you know it's just like whatever. <laughs> So some of the action scenes you would say felt a little bit drawn out, but like overall, would you say the film felt long or did it just feel, or was it comfortable? I think the thing is like the pacing and like, maybe you can back me up on this Chester. Like it seems like just the pacing between like the action parts and the non-action parts feels like really off. I felt like I can't judge the film because my Japanese ability is not on that level yet to have watched it with like, like truly watched it. Um, it's sort of the same with my experience watching Shin Godzilla, which was um, the first time I watched SG was in the theater with no subtitles. It was in Tokyo as well. Um, I couldn't judge it because I didn't understand what the hell was going on. Like all this bureaucratic babble, maybe it's interesting, you know, and it, once I watched it with subtitles, it was interesting. Um, but when I, so I can't, I feel like I can't say. I have to reserve my comment for when I watch it with subtitles. To be more engaged with, like, the film's, like, dialogue. Yeah, and I'd really understand the interview. Yeah, Chester, I'll have you know about Shin Godzilla that I have a JLPT in, too, and I've lived in this country again for ten years, and I still didn't get that freaking movie without subtitles. So, you know, most Japanese people didn't get what was going on in that movie. <laughs> so, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very dense film, but, um... Moving on to the next question I have here, you, you I, this is relevant. Um, you might not be able to answer it just because like there is that language barrier, but um, you know the question is, uh, you know, was the film like hard to understand, um, or um, you know, was the world building and exposition similar to 3.0, or did it feel like they um, took more time to you know explain things rather than? you know, keep the perspective so rigidly close to Shinji and, and what he was able to, you know, understand of, of things. So this is actually something I want to talk about. Um, I keep saying this. I've watched the original Ava, like, last year. And I watched it in the way that I can, like, watch it without subtitles because I'm, I think I'm pretty good at Japanese. And um, I was struck by how good the writing was, like, in Japanese. Like, the way people talk to each other and the way, like, people say things, like, it felt really natural. And, like, oh, my God, like, Ava's, like, a really, like, expertly written show. Like, this is kind of incredible. Like, I, I never noticed that. Um, but watching these movies, 
is like it feels kind of poppy like it feels a bit like hollywoodish and i think aaron so do you remember what ano said when he was trying to make these movies at first he's like i want to make them easy to understand <laughs> and um so i think we get this like poppy hollywood dialogue like hollywood and japanese standards up until two but when you get to three they start using lots of english words like um within japanese and um they've always used english neva like second children and stuff like that there's definitely way more random english jargon that if you like if you're japanese and like didn't pay attention in like english class when you were in like middle school like some of it's hard to take in like um for instance like ritsuko will say oh misato bad news garimasu like no one says bad news in japanese you know no one says bad news like in english like so it, it parts of that felt a little pretentious i'd say like like and it's eva right but you know it felt watching the show again like last year like oh this is actually just a genuinely good show like people saying like it's pretentious like don't know they're talking about like the movies do feel a little pretentious and i felt a little bit of that in this film it seems like despite the language barrier it's uh more clean exposition than q okay um and it was a complicated it was it was complicated, but what do you expect from the final Ava film? Exactly. And it, it kind of felt like the key to Q in that sense. Like, you kind of, like, it did give you, it did shed some light into what was going on a little bit. Yeah, speaking speaking of which, this is a little bit of spoiler, but this is more like a yes or no question. Um, you know, you know, being as how, like, there are quite a few plot holes with the, you know, prior, you know, three films. Um, did it tie some of those up? Does Ava ever tie up plot holes, Aaron? <laughs> I would say yes. The short answer. My short answer is yes. Um, I think it does tie up some things, but I think again, as I mentioned before, more so than plot-wise, I think emotionally everything is knit and tight and feels really good. The thing is, like, I've given up due to the language barrier, understanding the intricacies of, like, all the technology and the atoms and what, you know, all the mumbo-jumbo. It's all mumbo-jumbo. Spoilers. It's all mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> it's all mumbo-jumbo. But I really was watching the movie um, almost as a more visceral experience, right? Just as a s- cinematic um, visceral experience. And so I think it delivers on that front. Like, even if you don't watch it, if you know, even if you don't understand Japanese and you watch it for what you can pick out from the characters and their actions, I think that there's something, something satisfying there. Um, I know a lot, of the, a lot of the community is more... Some, seems to be more interested in the lore of things yeah so that's that's what i ask like would you say that um is more it's, it's more satisfying conclusion in terms of the characters and emotions as opposed to the story and the lore i don't know the well i think that's what you were alluding to which is that the lore is so dependent on the understanding of the japanese language as as the sort of entry ticket to the to the thing I do think that you definitely get more insight into what was set up in Q. Like, you get to know, like... You, you definitely get a better idea of what, what's been going on, let's say. <laughs> do um, each of the three main characters, uh, Shinji, Asuka, and Rei, um, do they get a satisfactory, you know, conclusion to their arcs? Um, and the other thing is, uh, 1.0 is, like, 
almost almost exclusively like concerned with with Shinji and and 3.0 is 2.0 like she doesn't really have an arc but um you know do does this film kind of have a satisfying conclusion to the the arcs for these you know three main characters are you saying that Misato isn't a main character well this is the, this is this is the question i have from this is the question i have from twitter but i guess you could say like yeah like do the you know are the character arcs like satisfactorily concluded as far as those three are concerned, I, I would say yes. I think they're very satisfying. Does the movie uh, focus on the new, um, the newer Revo characters, and, and does it give them any depth, or are they just kind of like back around as like background filler? Um, it does give them some more depth. Um, the characters that were sort of just sprinkled in in previous films, they are explored with more depth. I forget her name. The chick with the pink hair, but we definitely kind of get her. Apparently, her name is Midori. Midori, okay. Her name is Midori, but her hair is pink, okay. But <laughs> <laughs> that that makes sense. <laughs> but um, yeah, you do get it. Learn a bit more about her, and um, I do think there's some of that. But um, I still kind of feel like I'm. This is where I'm kind of maybe disagree a little bit. I still kind of feel like maybe we don't need all these guys. Yeah. No, that that's 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 fair. Uh, but speaking speaking of Midori, this is I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. But do they do they explain why she was drinking Russian space water from the nineteen sixties? I wasn't even aware of that. Does <laughs> yeah, explain if, what? Uh, in the trailer, there's a shot of what should be Midori uh, with with a like a water pouch in her hand. And if you look at the text on it, it has uh, drinking water printed in Russian. And it has what it looks to be the year uh, like 1964 or something like that on it. So like there's this shot where it's like, hey, that looks like, you know, packaged uh, space water (laughs) uh, from like Russia from the 1960s. And it, it stuck out to me as being like an extremely weird thing. Maybe that was Doctor Dude. I don't remember that. But again, I watched this movie at like seven o'clock in the morning. I don't remember those fine details. I'll, I'll take I'll take that as a no. They don't they don't go back to uh, they don't time travel back to Russia to nineteen to the nineteen sixties and get a whole bunch of provisions from them. Well, you'd be surprised, Aaron. No. Uh, so this this uh, this next one is is probably a spoiler and probably an unlikely thing. But um, uh, being as how like. The, the main part of Ray's character arc in 2.0 was was wanting to have a dinner party uh, for Shinji and his father. Uh, does does is there a callback to that? Does does that dinner party uh, play like a major part of the conclusion, or um, you know is is well, this is probably a spoiler, but you know does you know does does 2.0 Ray's character arc get fulfilled? Um no, <laughs> or or the dinner party doesn't come back. I should say. To be honest, I forgot about that until you mentioned it, Aaron. <laughs> Alright, so I think I'm now at the point where uh, most of the questions that I have are like, they're yes or no questions um, that like mm, you might so let's just say like these these next things we're going to ask could be spoilers. Um, so I, I guess this will conclude like the 100% spoiler free part of this. We will we will not go into these questions in depth, but like if you if you would like to answer like yes or no, um, you know like it doesn't like if like for instance it explores the time skip like we don't get that that information isn't spoiled, but like you know some people might feel that 
knowing that it's going to explore the time skip is a spoiler. But mm-hmm. uh, does the gap between 2.0 and 3.0 get uh, explained or explored? Yes or no? Yep. Yes, 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 yes. A little bit, yeah. From what I could pick up. Chester, you avoided um, the trailers, but uh, Wa, was there, I guess, were there several bits of footage from the trailers that you recognized from the final film as being doctored? Again, yeah, I mean, I remember a lot of footage, like, to me, like, I don't, I didn't notice if anything was doctored, but I know that they picked out very specific parts to use in those trailers that you don't really see the whole picture of the movie. Like, they, it, they, they market it as one movie, but it's, like, completely a different movie. But there's nothing where, like, you watch the film and, and afterwards you were like, so, wait, that didn't happen, or, like, that looked totally different. Like, you, there's nothing that, like, yeah. jumps out to you as being, yeah, uh, like, like uh, um, inconsistent from the trailers that you saw. Yeah, it's not, it's not like Rogue One, where in the trailer you see, like, a TIE fighter appear in front of a person, and that doesn't happen in the movie, you know? There was, like, it just seemed like, it seemed like they omitted certain truths in the, in the trailer. That's what it felt like. They, they, they played it fairly close to this chest to not reveal too much of what they wanted to do. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, so sort of a three-parter here, um, which I guess you can say like yes, comma, yes, comma, yes, or no, whatever. Um, does the movie explain Mari's role in the rebuilds? Uh, did she have a backstory? And was she revealed to be anything special? Chester? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I guess overall we can we can say like I think you kind of touched on this a little bit before that um, Mari plays a much more active role in the story as a more fully developed character. She kind of did in 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 three you know two she was written to be compartmentalized to yeah. you know the intro. She like if you cut that scene of her parachuting down to the to the rooftop, you wouldn't miss it at all. And the the third the third scene, she basically just uh, is a, is switched out for Kaji, basically. But you'd say that Mari in this in this film is a more developed character. They did more with her. Uh, would you say that they justified her existence? Um. So again, so this is kind of like a, a hard one because you know we all love Ava and like we've seen the show a billion times and like. All those characters are, like, our friends, basically. And, like, Madi just, like, she's, like, late to the party, right? When you watch Rebuild, when we watch the Rebuild movies. And, like, this movie is kind of, like, when we're, it's, like, late at night, and she's kind of talking about, like, all the crazy shit stuff she did when she was young. You know, it kind of feels like that, you know? It's, like, we kind of finally see a little bit of how cool she is in this movie, but it still feels like, you know, I kind of want to talk to Mari a little bit more, but... Only if she calls me, sort of thing. You know, if you get what I'm saying. I think, like, the problem with the language barrier... And also, one has only seen the movie once and wasn't paying attention to, like, the character development of Mari specifically amidst the complexity of everything that was happening in the universe, in the world. Um, So I, you know, I don't remember exactly what happened to Mari, but she had more screen presence or in more screen time than the previous films uh, and more of a crucial role, I would say. You would say you feel like that she was utilized a little bit better. Yeah. I guess the thing with her is that like, it feels like they needed to have 
Okay, like, to just to back up, and you can cut this out if you want, but, like, what I've heard, the story with these movies, is that they just wanted to make more pachinko machines at the beginning, but then Anna was like, no, I will not let my artistic vision be dominated by pachinko. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, Marty was a result of pachinko money or not, but um, it definitely feels like they tried their best to justify her being there in this film. Well, uh, I, I have heard from uh, from the very uh, illustrious... Uh, Mr. Carl Horn, who who is you know the elder statesman of Ava, Evangelion manga, he's you know he used to work for Viz and he works for Dark Horse and has worked on pretty much every Ava manga that's been localized in English. Um, you know he he's talked at conventions uh, in in pretty good depth about how um, like if you look at the you know the gross the theatrical gross for 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, you know like if it was 20 million dollars or 30 million dollars. And then you took like one particular pachinko or patcher slot game for Evangelion. It may have like grossed like forty or fifty thousand dollars in machine sales. Um, you know, like some each, each some of these individual pachinko machine ga- you know games um, have grossed more revenue than all three of the films combined. Like, I don't know what it is about Japan, but like pachinko and patcher slot is like one of those like common social experiences like like karaoke for example and that's not like you're not off at all just because like that's where a lot of the the profit margin is with these films is is licensing out to like karaoke pachinko figures but pachinko especially like uh two of like the top 10 uh most uh, two of the top 10 wealthiest uh people um who i think pretty much are all uh, men in Japan are the uh, owners and operators of pachinko manufacturing companies. I have a story. It's not much of a story, but basically when I worked, my first corporate gig here was at like a really traditional Japanese company. And we sold, uh, we sold badminton rackets. And um, one of the badminton rackets was purple and green. And um, this old dude, like he's older than me. And I was like young in my like mid to late twenties. And like, he's like, Oh, it looks like Ava. I'm like, Oh my god, you watched Ava? It's like, no, I haven't watched it, but I know the story through Pachinko. I'm aware of this as well, that um, there are people who would you know, go to the parlors and they like the series of Evangelion Pachinko machines, um, but they've never, like, they know what it is, you know? It's like, I know what Sailor Moon is. I've seen, like, one episode of Sailor Moon. Or uh, I know what My Little Pony is, but I, I, I've never watched it, aside from, like, seeing some memes. People know what Evangelion is in Japan, but there are people who are fans specifically of the pachinko machines that they play in the parlors that have never watched uh, the the show or the films. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, there's a bunch of people like that. In the original series, all of the angels had uh, biblical names. Um, you know, Zeruel, Bardiel, uh, Armesael, Sahakuel, uh, Sachiel. Um, but there are a few angels that, like, we've given uh, uh, fan names, like the one that Mari fights in 2.0 because it takes place in a tunnel is, you know, called Taniel. Uh, the uh, angel that uh, Asuka fights is called, is, is referred to as Clockiel because it has that clock face. Um, did they actually give any of the, the angels that we've seen, uh, but not, you know, have they given them names by any chance? Did, you, did they have any <laughs> on-screen text that showed those names? Are there angels in this movie, Chester? 
And that's the other thing too. Like yeah. there's there's one uh, angel in particular. Like the eleventh angel uh, is just completely MIA from the previous films, and we don't know anything about it. And the question was like, well, is the eleventh angel like mentioned or explained from like the time skip? Which one is the eleventh angel? Is just that's the thing we don't know. <laughs> okay. Is the eleventh angel the? Well, I guess the let's, one let's that rephrase this question. Moggy? Let's let's rephrase this question then. Uh, there are a couple of angels and avi units that are unaccounted for from the prior films. Uh, do we see any of those, or are there entirely new, you know, mecha that just, you know, we don't know about? I'll just say this: Most new stuff. The, the share zone, the share zone. That's all I'll say. <laughs> or army of darkness. <laughs> Army of Darkness, no sure. There's some skeleton stuff going on. <laughs> okay. I, I don't understand. I, I did not get that reference. It's good. It's it's better if you don't understand. It's better if nobody understands and watches the film, actually. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't think it's that big of a spoiler or that big of an expectation that there would... You know, I mean, being us of these things are, you know, trying to generate, you know, revenue from, like... You know, the argument is that, like, in, in 2.0... Uh, you know, Mari fights, you know, that angel uh, in the provisional Ava unit and has a different plug suit than she has later on that, that are, that, that like they deliberately, you know, have like Asuka's plug suit, like, well, sh- you know, she has got this plug suit that's been like uh, duct taped back together, you know, and then like for no apparent, like, like they have to conserve the resources and then for no apparent reason whatsoever, she's got a brand new plug suit. Like, why didn't she just get a, pl- a brand new plug suit before? Um, and the, like, the dry answer to that is, well, they want to have more figures to sell. Um, so it's not unreasonable or unexpected for there to be, you know, Avas that we don't know about, or angels, or, you know, vessels of atoms that we don't know about. Um, but, you know, I, I guess, again, yes or no, like, you know, are there new things that we have not seen yet? There are new things that you new haven't seen up. yet. Yeah, new things come up. Not only do they uh, do they explore the time skip, but do they actually explain what happened during the time skip? Um, if you don't mind, I'll take the lead on this, Chester. Um, yeah, no, please. I probably have a little bit more like Japanese on me, but um, they do explain a little bit. Like it's kind of cool the way they do it, actually, because if you um, it's it feels a little bit modern, because like uh do i want to i mean it's not not a big thing so basically at the end of like the second movie like they're saying it's third impact is happening right and there's there's a cool way they phrase that you know it sounds like a it sounds like a word like normal modern japanese people would say the way they phrase that so um and it does explain kind of what happened after that yeah it does explain a little bit but it doesn't reveal its whole hand you kind of have to figure the rest out for yourself so I guess uh, to follow up on that, um, uh, would you say that um, people might appreciate, like people who didn't like 3.0 because of the time skip and the lack of exposition, would you say that people might uh, like 3.0 better now? Um. So for me, I mean, I really don't like 3.0. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd still like it because, again, I just don't like the action in it for the most part. <laughs> um, but I do think it kind of justifies what's going on in that movie. Okay, um, we kind of touched on this before, but uh, well, let's. I'll just. We will. We will not. Uh, we will not ask if uh, if if the if the sequel theory has uh, 
been fulfilled, and we will not ask if there was literal time travel in the film. But um, um, is the ending anything like the endings that we got before, or is it a completely different approach? Oh my god. It's similar, but different. Okay. You know uh, what? Me... You know what? Sorry, I don't remember it too much, but I was reminded of the manga. Interesting. Like, very vaguely. Very, very vaguely. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to uh, just kind of our general conclusions. Um, so, being as how 3.0 came out in 2012, and it's now 2021, it's almost, uh, what is it, eight years later? Was it worth the wait? Definitely. I, I didn't really wait for it. I was sort of chill with it. Um, honestly, it could, they could have never come up with 4.0, and I would have been chill. But um, it's a good movie. If that answers the question, the spirit of the question. A different way of phrasing that might be: uh, Did it uh, did it live up to the hype? Uh, and uh, was it um, was it a big conclusion? You know, like a epic conclusion on the level of End of Eva. So yeah, I think that's kind of a better way to ask the question because I I'd say that you have all these. So basically, Eva has strung us on for all these years, right? Because we're all hopeless nerds. So, like, we watched the TV series back in the day, and we're like, oh, what, what's that ending? Oh, my God, whatever. And then we watched End of Ava, and it's like, what's that ending? You know, I like it, but, you know, some people are still feel weird about that ending. And then, like, the manga takes, like, what, like, 15, 16 years to end? And we're like, oh, that's an ending. But I think when you watch this movie, it's like, oh, yeah, Ava. Now Anno can do something else. Because he's worked out everything he's worked out. Yeah, that's that's my like you know key takeaway from all these things is you know like I I just I'm not I, my opinion has softened on 3.0, um, but overall like it's my least favorite thing except for Magma Diver. I hate Magma Diver. <laughs> I love Magma Diver. But you know I think the thing the thing that I really want more than anything I mean like I I. Like, I want, like, to have, like, this answer and that answer and that answer. I want to know what happened here and there and there. You know, like, I want all these, like, threads to be concluded, you know, like, satisfactorily. But, like, I know it's not going to happen. I'm not, I know, you know, like, Otto is not going to give us all the answers. It's just not in his personality. It's not in his character. He doesn't like to, to, to cater to, to people that way. But, you know, other than that, you know, like, that, which is the, that's wish fulfillment. Um, the thing that I want more than anything is to see Otto... Um, do more things like uh, the live-action Kitty Honey or Shin Godzilla or Shin Ultraman. Like, I, 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 I want more than anything for him to uh, do new things, you know, and give us something other than Evangelion. Like, I love Evangelion. Like, you know I love Evangelion, but um, I just, I feel like there is more that he has to give us than Evangelion. Well, number one, so yeah, yeah, you're completely right. And I think just one thing about Anno is that I don't think he knows what he's trying to say. So um, I think that's part of why, like, I think just Evangelion is so personal to him. And I kind of felt that with this movie that, like, it just kind of felt like it's just really close to him, even though he was probably forced to make this because of, like, some executives said, we have pachinko money, make a movie. But then he, he forced them to wait, like, what, 15 years or something to get to, get to the end of it? And it was supposed to be, like, just a, a cold recap of the series made in the space of two years. So, you know, I definitely think 
because he was given this opportunity that he wanted to do something personal with it, especially after that first film, like it was touched upon earlier. And, um, and I think with this movie, it kind of feels like he's kind of worked out everything he needed to work out with Ava. And he can just go to making like criticisms of the Japanese government with, uh, Shin Godzilla and <laughs> Shin Ultraman. Yeah, no, I echo you guys' sentiments. So. so to the, to the ending, like overall, um, you know, was it satisfying? You know, did it feel like a proper conclusion? Um, or was it the ending that you had hoped for? Uh, it wasn't the ending I hoped for, but um, it was the ending that maybe I wanted. Uh, like, I, I said this on my Twitter account. It's actually the perfect movie to watch before going to work. How so? That's all I can say. <laughs> like... <laughs> Keep it purposely okay. big. I like it. Um, what do you think? What do you think, Chester? Um, did it feel satisfying? Was was it what you hoped for? It was definitely satisfying. Was it what I hoped for? In ways, it was similar to what I was expecting, um, but definitely different. And I, I appreciated those differences because um, really, I went into these uh, to this film in the same way that I go into um, sort of really hype movies like the Marvel movies, in the sense that I have no. Nothing I want to happen or see happen in, say, Infinity War Endgame or, you know, 4.0. I just want to... I want them to surprise me and show me a good time, right? I trust, you know, Anno. I trust the the directors to know what they're doing to give me a good time. As opposed to me uh, sort of pushing my desires for fan service or, you know, my small-minded vision onto their larger vision so so i think and i think under delivered that that's a good point because um speaking of expectations because you know like again we're gonna go back i'm gonna go back to this again just like one the first one we're just like oh it's gonna be a recap and like it was a recap and like oh god it's a recap but then two it's kind of like oh it's a recap but it's like kind of powered up and then like three it's just kind of like oh, maybe he powered up too much or we don't know what's going on here. But like in the end, like, well, I think a lot of it, especially visually, I think there's lots of callbacks. But um, again, I'm going to say this again, just emotionally, it, it there's like uncharted territory that it explores, which I which really I mean, the woman. So there's two mm. women next to me. One was the one woman with her nose out and like the bad mask the other one next to me was like literally crying like crazy like when the movie was finished so you know i think it did something for people and uh just overall um would you say that it was a uh i think you already said that it, it, it stuck the landing but would you say like overall it's been a a good ending to the rebuild series two thumbs up please say that once more so it's loud and clear <laughs> two thumbs up I'd say I, I kind of need to watch it again to say definitively, but like I think he stumbled and flipped, but you know, yeah, I think they did it. If if they screwed this one up, then I'd be like, screw it, whatever. I'm just I'm mm. never watching rebuild movies ever again. <laughs> you know. I mean, as what I was saying, I I'm, I think I'm also personally at a certain point where I'm withholding entire judgment just because i don't intellectually understand the film due to mostly the language barrier and also only have seen the film once but i know that emotionally it was satisfying and therefore i'm i give it two thumbs up based on that emotional experience 
but I, I look forward to watching the film with subtitles, which I viewed to be the proper viewing of the film, I suppose, or you know, the intellectually the proper viewing. All right, so uh, guys, any any closing thoughts? So Ava's kind of cool, right? Because like back in the day, there was this whole thing about like Shinji being a wuss and like he sucks. But now that we're kind of in like this age of like people under actually understanding people who have depression and people who have emotional disabilities we're kind of in this age where people are just watching the original series again saying like oh we kind of understand Shinji now we understand why he's not in the robot because like it sucks to be in the robot and like just falling on from that thread it just feels like I think again because Anno made that first series when he was like what in like his early or mid 30s or something and again it feels like some stuff wasn't worked out but like again just like watching this film and just seeing what he does with shinji and what he does to all the other characters and uh you know even shinji's dad you know it just feels like stuff has come together and like this is the real end of evangelion and how about you chester any uh any final thoughts man final thoughts on the final evangelion movie it's been a long time coming the only thing that's on top of my mind is just again what I reiterating what I previously said about um, you know I feel like if you're a really hardcore fan and you've really been waiting for this film and you really love Evangelion, um, I would really urge you to not purposely go out and seek out spoilers. If you you're on your Twitter and you accidentally see a spoiler, that's you know that's one thing. But like I would say at least try not to go purposely and uh, seek out these spoilers. Um, I hope it gets an American release as soon as possible so that everyone can watch it. Um, look forward to this film. I think you won't be disappointed. All right, guys. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to me and your, your experiences in, uh, in seeing this film. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, like as, as you said, that we will, you know, the, the turnaround. And I have reason to believe that the turnaround, you know, from the theatrical to either digital distribution or physical media um, and maybe even the English language is going to be a lot faster than, uh, than we expect from, uh, you know, from what it was like with the prior three films. So, uh, Wa, uh, uh, Chester, Ono Cinema, thank you so much for joining me and, uh, sharing your experiences with me. Thank you. Oh, thank you for inviting us on. You can read my blog at analoghoso.com where I'm going to post about Ava, the last movie soon, hopefully. Uh, you can find most of my recent stuff on YouTube, just YouTube, Ano Cinema, and uh, follow me on Twitter at Ano Cinema as well. Thanks once again to Wa and Ano Cinema for joining me for this installment. Links to their various social media can be found in the description down below. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Please leave us a comment or a like. It helps us a ton and lets us know how we're doing. More information episodes, and show notes are available at avamonkey.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.